This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Mr. Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am all right, thanks, man. How are you? You're both in all right. We'll get <laughs> to that in a moment. That amazing lady. So dinner. are you. I, well, listen, it's a, a bit of sunshine in the gloom. But yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, no complaints at all. You have a nice weekend with your literature pals? I was at the Cheltenham Literature Festival <laughs> doing a couple of events. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always good times in Cheltenham. Um, doing a couple of events there. It was lovely. And then I got back in time to watch uh, Arsenal Man City, although I was not at the game, which you were at the game. I um, was. We'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, I mean, on 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 that, uh, Ian and I recorded a quick reaction pod afterwards, which is up now on the Righty's House feed. So you want to go check that? Check that if you haven't already. Um, Righty's House on Friday will be a mailbag episode. So if you want to ask, ask Ian and I some questions, it'll be Ian and I again. Tweet at Righty's House with your questions mm. and um, try and get them in by like Thursday afternoon if that's okay. And then we can go through them for Friday. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. So if you want to go and hear us having only watched the game live, not seeing it back again from his front room, go and do that. Um, and you and I are going to talk about it again today. Yep. Having watched it properly. Yes. And... We're also going to talk about some other Premier League stuff and we're going to do a roundup. Um, but I think there's only one place we can begin and we should get into it after this. Absolutely. Okay, man. So there was a moment on Saturday when I genuinely thought, okay, is everyone else seeing this or is this just some weird fantasy that I'm playing out? And <laughs> Olivier Giroud went in goal for Milan. Yeah. And the internet kind of broke. It felt like 95% of our listeners were suddenly in our mentions about this. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so just quickly, we're going to do a quick European roundup before we come to the Premier League. But um, This is the headline, yeah. 
we I genuinely thought about doing an entire hour on the final 10 minutes of this game because yeah. if you actually I didn't catch the game live I went and watched like a couple I actually found like three different highlights Serie A posted the entire just posted the, all of extra time they posted, they, they've never they normally just do like a three minute roundup they posted all of injury time because someone talk about knowing your audience totally. someone yeah. someone absolutely got the brief fan service <laughs> so Milan away at Genoa I wouldn't say routine but it shouldn't be you know tricky Genoa struggling down the bottom end of the table or the bottom half uh, Christian Pulisic puts Milan ahead in the 87th minute Christian Pulisic again by the way yeah he's is, having a great time week after like week by week that move just looks even it's better perfect yeah um, quite rotated Milan Liao on the bench Olivier Giroud on the bench Pulisic on the bench, although I know Pulisic is not starting every game at the moment. Uh, Olivier Drew comes on in the 66th minute. Mike Magnon gets sent off in... What minute was it? It was stoppage time at the end of the game, yeah, right? For, he comes out to head the ball clear, but he gets he catches Ekoban with a high... It was a bad. High, it was bad. It was a high knee. It was one where you, you look at him like, he was not intending at all to clean him out, and he no. absolutely cleaned him out, and it was dangerous play. Sorry, I understand. Uh, this was the 99th yeah. minute. Right, right. Um, but he also took out someone else in the second tackle straight away afterwards. He did, so yeah, he was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on an absolute, like, yeah, it was mission. dangerous play, yeah. It was, it was, I mean, we're joking a little bit, but it was, it was bad. Yeah, yeah, and, it was bad. Um, yeah, I'm just glad he's okay. So he gets a straight red for it. Mm. And Olivier Giroud goes in goal. And um, it's kind of, Genoa lays siege to the Milan goal. The, so a, a free kick to flex goes off the bar. Yeah. Um, and then the Genoa keeper, Josep Martinez, is in the Milan box and he's come up for a, like a corner, leaves a high boot in for a late tackle, gets a second yellow card. So you get two goalkeepers sent off in the space of four minutes of stoppage time. Unreal. And game. Martinez hands the jersey to one of his teammates who immediately passes it on in disgust. Yeah, it's, it's like, incredible. Like, no. No. <laughs> no, not cleaning up your mess. No, 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 like Olivier's in their goal. This is just not, <laughs> no. how, I can't, how, how can um, I he's compete with this? He's built different, yeah. And then Jenner have a chance to break through. Yeah. And Olivier Drew comes flying out. Does a, or, does a, the slow-mo of this is, it, 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 it genuinely might be my favourite football it's moment it's of the cover year art. so far. It's cover art, isn't it? It's one of those ones that, you know, the art but make it sports account. They don't even need to do anything to it. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Just, it already looks like it's been created by Michelangelo or something, you know. Comes flying out, almost like a punch, and then the ball bounces and then he grabs it, he jumps on it again. Smothers it, yeah. Final whistle goes. He looks extremely happy with himself. Everyone and, mobs him. Everyone mobs him. Yeah. Is there anything this guy, is there anything he can't do? The, what's amazing about this was, first of all, there's so many elements to this. First is that he looked immediately at home in the jersey. He looked like a goalkeeper. Like there's a mm. way that he looked like, um, you know, like, like Francesco Toldo or something like that, or like Sebastian Frey. He looked immediately like he has goalkeeper stance. You mm. know how some people are just in nets and it's like, oh, that's just a striker in nets. He looked like an actual goalkeeper. Then he comes to the ball and it was like a Buffon level of bravery where he comes and his own defender is coming back towards the ball at the same time that Pushkas, the attacker, is coming in. So he basically like has his head down, sees the ball before he closes his eyes because he knows it's going to be dangerous contact and puts his fist out because that's the first thing he can get to it 
So he leans in, which is interesting because most strikers or most footballers who go in goal lead with their feet. And he goes with his head and his, his leading fist, which is extremely interesting. Smothers the ball and the Milan players all know what a huge save it was because they mob him twice. First mm. after the save and second. And I, what I love now, I'm seeing a lot of the pats on the head. It's really adorable. It's like <laughs> giving your like favourite nephew a biscuit. It's like, oh, isn't that sweet? Look at that, look at that. Um, huge win for Milan. And Pioli, you know, considering the position he was in spring last year to now, mm. the team spirit, he's got great, incredible team. Well, he always had pretty good team spirit. Incredible team spirit, a great squad depth, really good attackers and a Milan team looking really at a time in the league when the other rivals are struggling, like Napoli mm. losing, get at home to Fiorentina, which is a terrible loss. Rudy Garcia, Matteo Benetti said it just right. What is Garcia thinking? Subbing off Ozzyman at 2-1 down. One last thing, um, Caleri, um going down against Roma. Rome winning 4-1. Lukaku looking really good again. Yeah, and uh, Dybala going off with a knee injury. Looks like he'll be out for a month, which is a shame. Mm. Um, what seems to happen to him just as he starts hitting some form? Mm. But good to see Lukaku. Looking happy. Looking steady. Thing, and yeah. Roma are slowly climbing their way out of trouble because they had that weird start to the season, didn't they? they Where did. they were just a bit like, hmm, back to back wins now. I think for the first time, yeah, for the first time in the league this season. Should we go to the Bundesliga quick? Yeah. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen is still top of the Bundesliga. Yes. Which is, uh, is, is amazing. They beat Köln 3 0 in the derby. Good uh, Another goal for Victor Boniface. Mm. Uh, talking of more goals, Stuttgart beat Wolfsburg 3 1. Uh, Garassi got another hat trick. Garassi's Park. Done it again. This, hey, this lad, I tell you. Listen, he's got minerals. This lad, Garassi. <laughs> he's a player. He's so good, man. What, um, yeah. what, like a great, like, just a, I know it sounds a bit, this, I don't mean this to sound patronising, but just quite a great story because this isn't uh, someone who's just burst onto the scene. He's 27 years old, mm. you know, and just to see someone like this have a, have a season like this so far, it's kind of amazing. He's got 13 goals. He's the top scorer in the Bundesliga by five. He's five clear of Harry Kane. You have that with strikers though, when they suddenly put it all together. 13 goals after eight, uh, seven Un- games though. Unreal. And he's like, yeah, he's locked in. And it, the streak, you know, some might say the streak will call off, but there's no reason why it should. Um, they've got Union after the break. Oh dear. Union. Speaking of Union, they yeah. lost 4-2 away at Dortmund after uh, the, <laughs> the, the Dortmund Twitter admin had the most Dortmund moment where it was like, goal for Dortmund. And then literally the next tweet was a minute later, equaliser for Union. Oh no, <laughs> you could feel the solving sucked out. It's like, they'd only just hit said that it was just like, oh, equaliser for Union. <laughs> we can't have anything nice. Uh, Nicholas Frohlkrug opening the scoring for Dortmund. Uh, Roman Gorsons equalising uh, less than two minutes later. Uh, Benucci gave Union the lead with a penalty. Mm. His uh, first Bundesliga goal for Union. And then uh, Nico Schlotterbeck the banger. with... No, Nito, Nico Schlotterwack. Is that what we're calling that? <laughs> yes. That was like... Schotterbeck. Schotterbeck. <laughs> the Schotter. Just dealing baggers. Exactly. Is that what he's yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Deutschrap, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, unbelievable goal. And you could tell that this was a, a defender scoring an absolute banger because his celebration was very silly. And I loved it. A it little backwards so, run kind of being like, Wee. so clean, so, so clean. What a goal though. Yeah, gorgeous. Unbelievable. Strike. And Julian Brandt came in at half time and made a really good impact. And um, his goal was great. Gave Dortmund the lead and then Ryerson's deflection with 20 minutes to go. Sealed it for Dortmund. Uh, Bayern cruised 3 0 over Freiburg. Mm. Uh, rough week for Freiburg, especially yeah. with the West Ham game as well. But um, 
Yeah, Union struggles. They're... Oof. It's hard to... Well, look, I don't watch 90 minutes. I don't watch Union for 90 minutes every week. So there'll be a range of issues um, as to why that's happening. But Union always built really, really well. They always added one more piece to a really steady basis. And I wonder if they've added... I think there's maybe a couple of things. They've added a lot of pieces at once. That could be one thing that might upset balance. The other thing is as well, you're getting everyone's best shot. Absolutely everyone's best shot. And you are getting it in Europe too. So I just wonder if there's a bit of both um, going on at that point. It's a shame though, because this is now, this is a problem. It's seven straight losses now for Union. Mm. It's their worst one in a while. It's bad. Yeah, yeah. A lot of change there this season. A lot. Maybe too much at once. Yeah. Early in the season, not beyond remedy, you know. Um, yeah, true. You know, yeah. we'll get to the Premier League as well. The Premier League, you know, there's, there's a lot of hysteria about the league title being done. Is <laughs> there? What? There was. No, don't mean, okay, oh, it's, not specifics, it's, but. I mean, it's still done. Don't worry about it. Man City's <laughs> still going to win the league. It's fine. I'm not like, come on. Don't worry about that. Anyway, let's do La Liga quick because uh, game of the weekend, Granada, Barcelona. Oh my goodness. Kunde getting put in a spin cycle by Zaragoza. One of the best named footballers of all time, Brian Zaragoza. Oh my goodness. Right? Uh, absolute, two unbelievable goals to put uh, Granada 2-0 up against Barcelona. Well, Kunde should have known what was coming. With a name like that, he should have known what to expect. No. <laughs> getting nutmegged and then cooked. Oh, wow. Uh, so Granada going 2-0 up uh, in the yeah. first half and then Laminia Mal getting one back, making him the youngest goal scorer for Barcelona. Wow. I think, I think it's the youngest goal scorer for Barcelona. Just on um, the stroke of half time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice little tap in. Mm. But and then, then Sergio yeah. Roberto is con- controversial, but not actually really that controversial <laughs> equaliser. Um, just a, couldn't I just shout out Jao Felix, by the way, though, who, yeah. ob- who had the assist for um, uh, Yamal's goal mm. and then was let's just say involved in the equaliser because he walks up behind one player, I can't remember who it is, and just basically gives him a nudge in the back. It's, it's standard penalty, edge of the penalty box, just nudging players, nothing wild. Granada player hits the deck, wants the foul. All the Granada players, their arms go up. And then someone else runs into the back of Jao Felix and goes down almost holding his face, being like, oh no, he held by me. Oh my God. Ah, uh, and then Barcelona score. All hell breaks loose because Granada think they've been hard done by. When actually, if they watch the replay back, they might have a little bit of a kind of like, uh, you know, like the awkward Chrissy Teigen gif. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> it was a bit like, oh shit, actually, yeah, we, yeah, we kind of look a bit silly there. But fun game, this. Barcelona slightly despondent about the outcome, but they shouldn't be. Only a couple of points behind. I mean, yeah, they've they, had two yeah. draws in three games and they're still. Just yeah, only two, the three, there are three points off Real Madrid on top who was talking about this on with Ian just games that you need dispatching yeah Osasuna got dispatched by Real Madrid 4-0 mm. uh, there was a point on Tuesday uh, on Tuesday there was a point on Saturday where Jude Bellingham had scored more league goals this season than Manchester United and Scott McTominay was just like not on my fucking watch <laughs> do you know the wild thing about Bellingham so Bellingham got the first two and both beautiful goals and the interesting thing is there wasn't that much fanfare over the second which is like a gorgeous goal like yeah. one two and finish it reminds me of it, uh, every, I, I think I've said this before but every time Bellingham excels he reminds me of a different great mm. and this week it's been Baggio uh, so his goal against Napoli was Roberto Baggio style and the second goal this was like pure Baggio like one two combination then not making the keeper and the funny thing is there wasn't even that much fanfare over the second goal which means mm. to me 
that he's normalized, he's already normalized brilliance. Like if he'd yeah, scored that goal a month yeah. ago, people would have been losing their minds that second goal. But now it's just like, oh yeah, Bellingham scored again. I remember having conversations with various people when he first started playing for Dortmund. Mm. People were like, oh, hear about this Jude Bellingham kid at Dortmund. Is he just like, what's he, what's he like? And I was, I remember saying he's going to be like England captain. Mm. Birmingham City fans will be able to tell you this anyway because they literally were like, no, we know. I know this is the same old story we're rolling out, but now them retiring his shirt, that has aged when I went back in you, the last couple of years. I went back over and looked at like his Birmingham career. And so there's one thing. So I think it was his, one of his first games. It might have been his debut. He was man of the match in a game that his team lost 3-0. Like at the age of 16. And then he basically helped save Birmingham from relegation mm. in his debut season at the age of 16. Like it's absolutely unreal yep. what he did. You talk about like origin story. Yeah. They're going to go back and make like a proper, a proper little doc about early Bellingham when this is, is all shaking yeah. out. There, there's nothing, like, yeah. there are no props that you can give him that are, that are too many props. Right. It's unbelievable. Honestly. Yeah. Because yeah. the step up from Birmingham to Borussia Dortmund mm. is colossal because Dortmund are huge. Mm-hmm. The step up again from Dortmund to Real Madrid yeah. is extraordinary. Dude, the step up, the yeah. step up to, from anywhere to Real Madrid. Right. Is, this is the thing. It's, 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 Real Madrid is such an extraordinary, it almost exists. It's one of the clubs that exists in a realm all my spite itself, just because of the history in Europe specifically. Like if you're signed for Real Madrid as a star, and I don't say that disrespect to United or whatever, but if you're signed for Real Madrid as a star with a view to you winning another Champions League, it is a very specific type of career move. Yeah. Like that is the mantle being handed to you. That's like when Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo went there for the 80 million or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It's maybe only rivaling Barcelona in terms of moving to a club to be something. Bellingham moved to Real Madrid to be something and he's it. Just to clarify for the Stadio Ultras, not to feel something before you all speak yeah, like, sorry. was this an existential transfer? <laughs> I mean, there's been plenty of existential transfers. I mean, plenty. Say it off to her. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Have you watched the Beckham thing yet? No. One of no, the yeah. cool things about that was you remember when he goes to Milan, mm. that side had Kaka, Seydorf and Pirlo in it as well. And they Beckham did all right there. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I actually, I wish he'd stay for a while at Milan, mm. selfishly. But anyway, Atleti beat Real Sociedad 2-1. Can we just shout out here? Because we love to give... La Liga refereeing a little bit. What was it we said? Uh, we said it's it's often kind of avant-garde, mm, exactly. experimental, experimental, electronica. Yeah. yeah. Two good VAR handball decisions. Yes. In this game, uh, penalty overruled for close proximity, very sensible, and then an arm stopping a shot that was going in the bottom corner, rightly awarding a penalty. Yeah. You love to Griezmann see it. doing work again. Yeah. Yeah, and Griezmann win it, getting the winner with the penalty. Uh, let's go to Sevilla. Sevilla snatched a late draw against Rio Tool, but it cost Mendeliba his job, mm. which is intriguing timing because uh, Jose Luis uh, Mendeliba came in last season and really turned things around for Sevilla. Um, you know, won them the Europa League. Mm. And this year, it hasn't been all that great. I mean, they're, they're really struggling in La Liga. They are. Uh, they're 14th 1-2 drawn to lost 4 and might be a nice segue in a little bit but that could be quite good news for Arsenal or it could be potentially bad news because their next Champions League game is away at Sevilla it's also not a bad time to be sacked because it's yeah, not so break, it also, no but chill. also like but spiritually not a bad time to be sacked because 
it's not so far from the Europa League victory that you become a villain. Mm. You get paid out for the rest of the year at least. They're not sure how long the contract was. And you get the autumn off. I mean, it's not the worst. All right. You look, know. At Musa. look at Musa. Look at Musa. Class out full of over there. Listen, send me to Cheltenham more often. <laughs> <laughs> See what comes back. <laughs> Speaking of Cheltenham, did you hear the. Uh, you they haven't scored. heard Wright's house yet? They scored. Did you hear. <laughs> I was interested. Cheltenham scored their first goal of the season. Really? And I, yeah, and I was there. I was in Cheltenham and I walked past the Cheltenham fan. They were like, oh, yeah, we got one. We got one. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, did you hear the thing what happened when we were at the Arsenal game? We walked no. out uh, to go somewhere at half time. Frankie Dettori literally came out of the room next door and just jumped on Ian like he was a horse. Oh, you're like, joking. Like, That's amazing. Just, it was genuinely quite quite hilarious. Is that not perfect? That's incredible. Very funny. Um, can we just quickly shout out Chloe Lacasse's equaliser for Arsenal on Friday night, by the way, in the WSL, which oh, was wow, yes. incredible. WSL um, was pretty chaotic. Talk about some experimental refereeing in that game. <laughs> in the Man City-Chelsea game. Yeah. Alex Greenwood getting sent off for, for time wasting, a second yellow for time wasting in the first half, which is just looking for someone to hit the free kick to. <laughs> also, yeah, also Chelsea with a late winner, Guru with a late equaliser. Sorry, from Guru. Yeah, from Guru Wrighton. Late equaliser, Guru Wrighton, the one all draw. I mean, considering all the n- hashtag narrative there was about the WSL prior to that weekend, funny how it shook out, isn't it? I mean, Leicester and Liverpool are the only two teams for maximum points so far this season. And, I mean, they're on one. That's not, yeah. not the best WSL teams over the last couple of years, but that way. Um, go check Flo and the gang and counter press yes. for more of that, I'm sure. All right, let's take a break and then we'll do Premier League. Let's do it. Should we do Arsenal Man City? We have the best to, game we, of the weekend. We, but have, was to, the, we have to start with it. the Come most on. seismic result. Okay, yeah, Arsenal the, won Manchester City nil. First time Arsenal have beaten Manchester City since December 2015. Like I said, Ian and I were there. Florence was there as well. Mm. It's good to see Flo. And um, the atmosphere was really good in the stadium. They had it. There was there were nerves, mm. but the fans really really did their bit. And uh, just an interesting. I'm interested to hear your thoughts about this because Ian and I did that immediate reaction. Mm. Um, I've watched it back this morning, but the people want to hear from the fellow of hot takes. Okay, look, I'm going to sound slightly smug here, but when I saw the midfield at the start of the game, I just thought that Arsenal might get something from that because. Kovacic is a superb player, but Barcelona, and this is no headline, looks like Barcelona obviously having Gundogan means that City, I think, would really miss him. You would miss a player like that that controls a game like that at that moment. You're always going to miss uh, a player of the quality of Rodri. And of course, De Bruyne is not in the mix. Those are three huge absences. And in the absence of those players, you're looking for Kovacic, um, Rico Lewis playing slightly higher up, and, and Bernardo Silva to get the job done. And actually, I thought they could get something out of that. I think, and especially the way that Rice has been playing and the use of Jorginho from the beginning, I really liked that because for me, it was like, yeah, like Arteta's really thought about this. He's really thought about the kind of game he wants and imposing ourselves. So that midfield of Odegaard, Rice, slightly advanced and um, Jorginho, I loved that. I thought Rice was extraordinary. The only player on the pitch probably better so than Rice. Good. He, was, he was spectacular. I know Saliba's getting plenty of, uh, plenty of, plaudits to and rightly so I think that's also this is my slight bugbear I think that Erling Haaland as extraordinary a player as he is still does have clear limitations if you defend his team in specific ways I still I will always believe that because I think when you defend a team as well as Arsenal did Haaland 
finds it harder to innovate by himself. Mm. And a one-on-one matchup when the rest team is defending very, very well, a player physically robust as Saliba, we saw it with Rudiger, actually, I quite fancy the centre-half's chances. Not because Holland's not amazing, but because if a team defends well, Holland can be nullified to an extent. Um, Arsenal did everything perfectly from that perspective. David Raya, I know there was a lot of conversation about him being the future for Arsenal. And I'm, you know, I know Arteta has a plan for him. If I'm completely frank, I'm still not fully convinced. Not fully, but it's early days for him and it's a huge game to play so early in your Arsenal career. Let's also remember that. I do feel he took, I think that Arteta took the heat off him really, really well with his comments about encouraging him to take risks. I think he'll learn there's risks actually you just don't need to take against particular players. I think, you know, I think, I think discretion comes into it. I think Alvarez was someone you don't, I mean, he's probably the best pressing nine I've seen in a while. He's extraordinary. Anyone that watched him at the World Cup knows what, you know, man's a beast. As soon as the keeper lets a ball roll across their body in that part of the pitch, I'm just like, <laughs> Do you know what no, I mean? no, 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 other than, no, no. Other than that, like he got his composure in the second half, really quite yeah, good. Yeah, he was fine. And he wasn't really tested that much. He had one save to make, I think. No, he's fine. Uh, I thought Gabriel Jesus was a really, really great stand-in for Bukayo Saka. Yeah, Holding sp- He held space beautifully. Looked so good as a right wing. My one thing, my one slight criticism, put some more meat on the, uh, on the cross, I think. Overhit yeah. it rather than underhit it, I would say. But fundamentally, Not his biggest strength, I don't think. No, but fundamentally, I thought Arsenal tactically nailed it. Once they got past that first 15 minutes, which yes, they were nervy, which, and it was nervy in the ground, and a see. lot of people were saying before the game, oh, I'll just take a draw, yeah, I'll take a draw, I don't know about this, I don't know about this. And I just kind of had a bit of a, I know it's really easy to say this now, but I just had a bit of a feeling, because Rodri not being there, De Bruyne not being there, and City not really firing, I couldn't see Arsenal getting hammered. Because City haven't become a monster yet. Like, this is the thing. They might yeah. click, but they're still adjusting to a lot of different, they've got new yeah, pieces. I mean, City, City doesn't, uh, season's, City's season doesn't really start until January, right? This That's is when the they thing. actually and figure it out. You know, when they, when pre-season. It, they're still, the, the concrete is still, the concrete's still wet, right, in terms of the new mm. plans for City. And that gives an opportunity to clubs. We saw Sheffield United, all, you know, push them very, very close um, start the season. Mm. Obviously, you know, Wolves, and I said this, the defeat, Wolves defeating City is still a little bit under-discussed in terms of its implications mm. because it gives teams a blueprint. West yeah. Ham's spectacular first half against City where West Ham got exactly what they wanted. Actually, shout out to West Ham who are scoring some beautiful goals this year. Oh, Mohamed Kudus. Every first time Premier League goal. The way, they, the way they construct goals, even their West Ham are just good, man. Like, I'm, yeah. I continue to be impressed by David Moyes Just the, the way they're putting seasons. So like, we've got blueprints. You look at like, what teams have been doing to City and if you put all of that together, which Arsenal kind of did, if you put together all the elements of how people are coming at City, it almost felt like the, you look at the kind of the goal for Arsenal. I know it was a deflection, but the way the play was constructed, yeah. a shout out to Kai Havertz as well, it was perfect in terms of play the ball in, then you get it out, pin it, Havertz, classic centre forward play, laying off to Martinelli. And Martinelli's introduction as well, he absolutely, it felt, it felt like he, I mean, Pep called him an incredible weapon to have off the, you know, just off the bench generally or as a forward. Martinelli's introduction just, I, I hesitate to call it a masterstroke because bringing on one of the best young forwards in the world is not exactly Trust a masterstroke. had a knock as well, I think. Right, but, so, but, but Martinelli's yeah. introduction just transformed it, I thought. Yeah, Arteta gets a lot of criticism sometimes for his choice of substitutions. I think it, you have to give praise the other way when they work. And I think yep. all of his substitutions worked really, really well. Yes. Um, introducing Partey at the time that he did, who's obviously been out injured and 
just giving a little bit more bite in midfield. And you could tell that Declan Rice nearly really needed a bit of help in there. Um, Tommy Asu coming on at left back was a, a really, really good substitution because Sinchenko, I don't think, had his best game by any means. No. Um, and actually, I think has kind of leveled off a little bit overall. He's not quite, I doesn't feel quite as integral to how Arsenal are trying to play this season. Interesting. And you can see, like, you, for example, you can really see what Barteta was trying to do with playing Timber at left back. Mm. And you could see in those early games and even in the early stages of that opening Premier League game of the season where you're like, yeah, this, this dude is legit. Timber, who and, might be back this year, uh, well, this season. Well, this season, hopefully, yeah. Yeah. I just got a hunch that he was going to be a really, really integral part of how Arteta wanted to play this season. And Zinchenko was okay. Mm. You saw how comfortable someone like Rico Lewis was in the midfield for Manchester City. Oh my goodness. And it's been a while since you've seen Zinchenko look that comfortable against really, really good opposition in midfield, I think. Rico Lewis looked very, very good. Yeah, he's he's legit. I I don't think anyone had powers of a game for Manchester City. It wasn't that kind of that Arsenal played Manchester City off the park. I think they were the better team overall, but only just. This was quite a, an intriguing game from Arsenal, from an Arsenal point of view in the fact that it was just quite calm. It, was, you know, it wasn't one for the neutral because unless you're a real like, you know, football nerd, because it wasn't super exciting. It wasn't full of end-to-end football and chances. It was quite touchy. But this is why it's exciting for Arsenal fans, because it felt like parity. Yes. It felt like, and that is extremely yeah. important. If it had been a thriller in a oh my god long time. oh my god 3-2 like we came back from 2-1 down and we had like we scraped we scrambled to win it no actually this was like these are two teams where you cannot really see a huge difference between them in terms of quality and they both got big absentees so you can say oh no these are both teams with squad depth both teams with significant absentees especially starters teams that st- someone said oh we, we might start with that Saka and Martinelli and I said to my friend the other day I was like well then you're testing the squad depth yeah. And this is the quality you need. Actually, if you beat Arsenal, if you beat City and you're not full strength, think about the confidence boost. Yeah, I mean, obviously knowing that City weren't full strength as well. Yeah, but still. Rodri, they missed yeah. De Bruyne, but you know. Right, right. Like, yeah, but, I mean, we, Arsenal yeah. had, well, without Marseille in that first half, they, were, they had their first choice number nine playing the right wing. They were without their best player. Um, but most people would say, most people would say that Arsenal would miss Martinelli and Saka as starters more than City would miss Rodri and De Bruyne. Most people would say that only because City just have so many tools. Yeah, and- I just think the thing with Rodri is that Rodri just, you really notice how much everyone around him is affected by his absence. Yeah. Bernardo Silva is great. You, you and I have talked about how great Bernardo Silva has been for a long, long time. He's just not the same in that midfield with, with Kovacic right. and no Rodri there. Uh, I thought we talked about this on Wright's house, yeah. but um, should, we, should we talk about Kovacic? Very briefly, yeah. I mean, lucky not to get, extreme lucky not to get red. I thought it was wild that he didn't go. I'm not going to I'm sort of, yeah, that was, yeah, red. Should have been red. I don't, I don't want this to be a kind of like, every time you miss time a tackle, you get booked because I just don't think that's it. But if it studs on the Achilles or studs on the ankle and you've just been booked, like, you you look at what Jota got sent off for last week. Shout out to, right. actually, let me shout out to Fabregas. I saw an interview um, on an interview with Fabregas talking about COVID, just somebody played with someone he knows. And he was like, look, I know him. And then he was like, should have been a red. Like he was naive there. You look at his second dangerous foul after the arguably should have got red for the first one. I thought, wow, that's like mm. great punditry from, from Sesk, actually. Sesk's quite good, yeah. Yeah, that's no, no, really yeah. good, really good. But one of those that um, we can all sit here now because it doesn't matter. Mm. 
But can you imagine if there'd been something like that and like Kovacic just scored the winner or something? It would have just been like, oh God, but here weird, we go. Weirdly Mike enough, Dean's going to shout at someone else on Sky this week. When I saw him getting that, uh, well, not getting the red, it cast my mind back to the Liverpool officiating and Spurs. And I thought, actually, for fans watching this and thinking, oh, it's maybe it's something against our team. Actually, no, they're just, there's just maybe a, there's a few bad decisions going around at the moment. And it's not, mm. you know, personal. It's actually just like, some of these officials are not necessarily their best at this point. Um, but yeah, great, great win for Arsenal. Uh, really encouraging. And to have won with Saka on the bench, I think is psychologically really important for Arsenal. Yep. They're going to need that. Yeah. Well, not even on the bench. Yeah. In the bleachers, in the stands. So Arsenal go second because Spurs are top on goal scored. They beat Luton away. Good game that. Oh, Luton, some of the finishing. Uh, Adebayo had. Well, they, they, what was going, I think there was something going on around that back post. Because it was the same goal that Richarlison missed one in the first half. Yes. And that Adebayo missed it on the same post in the second half. I was like, what's going on with that? It what's reminded me of that, that book. There was a, uh, was it um, Alex Bellos? And he talked about the, the Brazilian witch doctor burying a frog under the pitch. <laughs> so the opposition could score. <laughs> I, I wouldn't advocate that someone goes and digs up Kenilworth Road, but Penel's got like a shovel in like five spare minutes. <laughs> Check this out. The corpse of a frog under the pitch. Um, um, yeah, East Basuma with is, uh, yeah. East one of the worst dives I've ever seen. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You've been having such a good season, Eve. His first, his first yellow was also ridiculous. Yeah, not great. Basically, jumped on. He basically became someone's backpack. Which I mean, no, that's one of those. It's like if he doesn't get the second one, that still remains a hashtag good foul. Mm, yeah, true, true. Um, I have a, I have a bone to pick though with, with uh, Nicky Van der Ven's winner. What's that? I don't think the ball was stationary on the corner. Oh, interesting. Conspiracy. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, I think there's, I'm going to go all, uh, you know, YouTube. Info. There are dark forces at dark play. Dark forces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding though, not. It's what it, it, it it's, it, the goal's fine. Spurs fans, I'm just teasing. It's totally fine. Yeah, um, good. I, it's a shame. Also, it's a shame. I hate that rule. Like, let the ball, unless you're like, rolling it at five, you know, like 15 mile an hour. Mm. Like if the ball, if you kind of throw the ball down or you move the ball and it's, and it's slightly spinning, just play on man. I, you know, come on, don't be a narc. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, man, Spurs just doing what they need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Playing some great stuff. Going into the shows, who, like who would have called that going into the international break, top of the league. So they got Fulham at home next, which is, a game you would probably expect them to win. Mm. Um, Arsenal, go to, Arsenal go to Stamford Bridge uh, and Manchester City host Brighton. So, And you've got the Merseyside derby. So the top four is going to be... That's going to be a pretty pivotal weekend, first weekend back. It's a spicy league all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Someone there. Someone overseasoned the Premier League this year. Best league in the world. <laughs> it's not the best league in the world. <laughs> It's not, stop it, you. It's not the best league in the world. No, no, it's not. It's not the second best. It's the third best league in the world. We've established this. It's true, we have, we have. <laughs> um, would you like to talk about something positive? I want a quick shout, actually, for um, Chelsea's 4-1 for one yeah. win over Burnley because Raheem Sterling was absolutely lights out. What a goal, by the way. He was just on one from a genuine a hurricane, actually, the entire match. And it was just great to see him playing with such freedom. So I thought I'd uh, just give him a quick shout. He was, he yeah, was I mean, you know, we're talking about dispatching. Mm. Chelsea need to start dispatching some teams with, uh, yeah, that's with right. no 
what's the uh, with no no drama yeah. um, you go to the other Chelsea's West London rivals Fulham beating Sheffield United 3-1 good uh, win that yeah spiritually Tom Kearney's goal can we can we admit that that absolute like the rocket I mean it just went it went up so high <laughs> like, I was like it went up so high I didn't think it was ever coming down <laughs> came down with a bit of snow on it uh, it came down but it was just it was just uh, this was quite a cruel goal actually to be beaten from that distance off the bar on the back of your head is just I mean that's like wow. two and two who weeks the, now isn't who it did, who did you who did you hurt <laughs> two and two weeks what was the one that happened last week um the shot off, was it Nap- the Nap- yeah, Napoli yeah. Real Madrid? Yeah, Fede Valverde's goal. That yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, they're always Still going that, by the way. Own, the young goals, yeah, yeah. Merit. Still bouncing around. I think it was bouncing around the Napoli goal on the weekend, which is why they were so bad. Oh, dear. They, were they did stop changing kits. That's why they keep, like, that's why they're, and also. It's finally the one the league, though, wasn't it? Not the guy. It's finally the one the league, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the energy's different. Don't mind me. Don't, don't actually examine what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, move no. on, move on. What are you talking about? <laughs> look at the flashing lights. Look at the. <laughs> You're like Villa fans saying, don't look, don't look, don't look at us. Don't apply the slightest of draft to my House of Cards argument. <laughs> <laughs> Just move it along. <laughs> <laughs> um, Everton good home win against Bournemouth 3-0 yes um, possible dashed up part 2 yes For, uh, Palace and Forest drawing 0-0 uh, games on Sunday before we talk about Manchester United because I want to finish on Manchester United um, Brighton 2 Liverpool 2 yes Klopp said he's too old to debate the Pascal Gross red card decision I agree we're all too old I mean, it's so funny because he's basically like only a week since he's uh <laughs> Been debating your decisions so much. So yeah, a week is a long time in politics and in football, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, good game this. And just... Super fun game. Klopp coach against De Zerbi. Like, that is a treat. Just in its own little pocket universe. To watch Klopp against De Zerbi is it's a treat. Um, I genuinely thought De Zerbi was going to explode at one point. And I mean this 100% seriously. There was a point where I was genuinely concerned about him on the touchdown. I was like, I think he... I think he might go off here. Like, he was absolutely furious about a decision. Mm. And uh, he just kept going, why? Why? <laughs> why? Why? For ages. And there was one, uh, there was one really good, um, there was that shout for a handball, I think it was on Van Dyke. Mm. Correctly not awarded. But the thing that made me laugh so much on much of the day was that as soon as the decision happened, it cut to deserve it. He's got the iPad. <laughs> Show me again. I love the idea that the producer's like, keep an eye on deserve Like the deserve cam is probably a thing at this point. Fair point, would you say? Or Yes, yes. Very fair. Yeah. Very fair. Uh, it was draws galore on Sunday. Uh, we talked about West Ham. Good good point against Newcastle. Mm. Uh, Every goal in this game was beautifully crafted, by the way. Yeah. Alexander Isak. Isak is just, just an elite finisher. Well, yeah, no, no, sorry, an elite forward who's mm. becoming an elite finisher. Um, really, really superb. Uh, Wolves drawing with Villa in the derby. We need to talk about Pau Torres. Wasn't quite a badge kiss, but it was a badge point. Mm. And I respect this. I think Pau Torres has, dis- has displayed the self-awareness not to go full badge kiss so soon. He knows it might be a bit unlike gauche. Unlike in not the to name names, not to name names, Joao Cancelo. <laughs> he's straight in there. It's the most I mean, kiss badge been, in football. 
<laughs> Does it win other people's score? Uh, but yeah, good. a good strong kind of like, I play for Aston Villa. Mm. Point to the badge in the derby. Love that. Well done. Villa doing, uh, Villa making moves. Wolves. No, Villa another, are fifth. Wolves another good point. Another. Yeah. yeah. Not a bad haul from the last two games. Well, I mean, that's uh, five whenever points C- in the last three games. Yeah, whenever City draw with Villa. Love yeah, that. Villa are fifth. That's just, and it's not even weird. Villa are fifth, and it's absolutely as you'd expect. And right, level so. points for Brighton. So good, so good. All right, should we finish at Old Trafford? Because yes. uh, in the week that the Beckham docu- documentary came out, mm. it was like I was watching some archive footage from like I don't know, nineteen ninety eight, two thousand and one. Pick your year. Yes, I mean, there's lots of comparisons of Steve Bruce against them, Sheffield oh, Wednesday. Putting it in like, the mixer, oh, like, oh, homegrown, yeah. homegrown lad. Scott, yeah, the game for the United. Race, title race, title race. They're like, oh, yeah, no, United end still like, still mid table. But so, uh, headline really. So, United beating Brentford 2 1 at Old Trafford and had been behind for a bit. Uh, terrible, terrible concession. I mean, mm. the goal itself, it was Jensen scoring the opener and the defensive mix-up for this goal was just mm. a horror show. Ball gets hacked. I think Lindelof hacks it into one of his own players and falls to Jensen, who side-foots in. It's not the, not, the, not the best contact. And Onana, basically, it comes to the crowd, but he's not unsighted. And he does this thing he does where he kind of jackknifes. It's bad footwork, really, because he jackknifes down, gets a hand to it. But it is the kind of... And without one to sort of pile more on him, it's the kind of save he should be making. Mm. And he knew it and his teammates knew it. You can see from their reaction. The defensive mix-up was one of the reasons they were frustrated. But I think they're also frustrated by, by the mistake. United just generally not good in this game. Um, Bruno was very strong. Um, I think he was one of the, the rare highlights of this game. Just trying to force the issue. Uh, that kind of like chaotic good style that he has of high usage but also like high output so he actually had some he was probably the most dangerous I would say but McTominay comes on for Amrabat and McTominay like who he loves a brace for United he loves scoring he loves a, he loves a couple for United and he's been really um, impressive up front for Scotland in recent months up front well that using him so, well, as, as, a goal, as a goal scorer as, as, mm. as someone that scores goals I would say uh, more accurately but coming in here and just the thing about Tomlin that I like when he's in advanced positions, he doesn't overthink it. And I don't mean that in a kind of, oh, he's not intellectual. I mean that he is decisive in a way that United forwards are not. Like he's really assertive where United are tentative. And I just wonder in a more subtle team, you know, you can imagine him, this is going to be like a real hot take. You know, like Real Madrid have got like um, those forwards they bring off the bench, like Jocelo in certain games when they start with like a more conventional formation. And they bring them on to cause trouble. McTominay is an excellent havoc maker. For yeah. really, as a because he, yeah. he gives you he gives you really unconventional problems, you know. Yeah, it's like a kind of throw of the dice. He's he's quite. He's really really yeah. good for that. Yeah, and actually, in a better team, McTominay's outputs would be better. He's a really interesting one because the better the team around him gets, the better he performs. Mm. So when the more settled United have been, like for example, there's a game. Um, he played in defensive mid alongside Matic against Chelsea and mm. set up the late winner. And he was brilliant. And it's like, if you give him the conditions or the platform to perform, he gets better. Uh, 
and he probably saved a week of soul searching United because of the international break and to have gone in with a loss to Brentford at home and Brentford are not playing well at all Brentford actually yeah. are kind of slyly playing really quite badly yeah um, would have been a complete disaster but he pulled out one of the great United one of the great Old Trafford moments I would say I saying in Wright's house that Arsenal have got gone into each international break so far this season off the back of like really good results they had the last ditch win against Manchester United mm. um, and this one against Manchester City and United have been the other way around obviously they went uh, they went in if they'd gone into this again with another bad result mm. especially off the back of last week I wonder actually I don't know why but I just want, I wonder whether that would have been too much that's interesting actually I, I wonder I don't, I don't think he was probably in any danger of, do, of actually being fired but I wonder whether the noise around it would have been so much that they would have just pulled the plug on Ten Hag I don't know you know it's funny do because you know what I mean you know when you're like actually no he probably that's a terrible idea and they shouldn't do that but if it happened you'd be like oh okay I, I almost you, you know the funny thing with this is I feel like they've they've thrown in their lot so far with Ten Hag yeah they it just, it just, yeah, there's they just no point no the, yeah there's no point it's a sunk cost no. fallacy they've, they've put so much into no this. one is going to walk in there and all of a sudden turn Manchester United around right and also they sack Ten Hag they're kind of like they're, they're pointing themselves yeah. because this is this is their, their hands are all over that yeah like this like bringing him in giving him the pieces there's a lot and remember there's so many key players missing Right, yeah. With injury. No Luke Shaw, no Martinez, no Wambasaka. And others out of position. Like Amrabat, yeah, exactly. Amrabat has New players having played. to play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just to clarify, I don't think they should have or would have maybe done that, but I would have, well, not should have at all. But you know when you're kind of a bit like, oh, actually. I don't know what bullet Manchester United dodged with McTominay's brilliant late performance, but I know they dodged one. Brentford kind of got what they wanted for most of the game. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant performance from McTominay. Really important intervention. And Did you see his quote? No, I didn't. So, I mean, oh, yeah. He said afterwards, um, that might be one of my favourite moments on a football pitch. Two goals at a death was incredible, but I'm just happy to be able to contribute and show people that I can do it. You know what? Like he's, I look at him and I think of someone like Fellaini, Marin Fellaini, who was a player who was unfairly criticised because he was deployed or maybe over-promoted or there was too much emphasis put on his contribution. Mm. But once you regard him as part of a squad that can actually deliver something to a high level, then you see his value. And I think Matomane has been kind of a victim of expectation, really. Mm. Um, but one thing you can never accuse him of is hiding from a challenge. Like he's a brave footballer. I don't think every footballer that's passed through Old Trafford in recent years has been, has been as brave as that. On that note. Uplifting, yeah, I like that. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopeful. Hopeful. You see that? When I go to Cheltenham, that's what I come back with. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, wherever you are in the world. Uh, some horrible, horrible stuff going on. Yeah. And uh, we just hope everyone, anyone affected by it is okay. Um, you and I will be back on Thursday. We will. We're going to talk about a couple of things that uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about properly. Should we do the World Cup? Yes. The, the Men's World Cup it. awarding. My goodness. Uh, we'll talk a bit about that and maybe touch on a couple of other things. Righty's House mailbag on Friday. So tweet at Righty's House your questions for Ian and I and uh, try and get them in by Thursday afternoon and uh, so we can go through them Thursday evening. 
Don't forget to check the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. And you know what, Musa? Sometimes in football, you just need a little bit of luck. Yeah, absolutely. With a little bit of luck, you can make it through the 90 minutes. <laughs> God. Oh. <laughs> With a little bit of luck, I might make it through this season. <laughs> and we're playing out on Duke D, a track called Lady Luck. Anything you would like to add, Musok Bunga? Nothing for it. All right, everyone, much love. Have a great week. We'll be back with you on Thursday. See you then.